This is Church Alive's Teaching of the Week by Pastor Gene Amoson. For additional teachings or information about the church, go to churchalive.net. Hey, it's good to be with you today. We uh, are starting this new series that we're calling Peace of Mind, and we're going to be here for about the next five weeks, and so I hope you'll join us for it uh, each of the next five weeks, but I'm excited about it. I don't know if you know this, but a lot of people right now are struggling up here. Come on, have you noticed it? Some of you maybe have walked through a season like that yourself. Maybe this was the past and you may say, Gene, this is what I'm walking through right now. Maybe on the outside you look okay, but on the inside things aren't good. In 2015, I had a year. And I've told people before, if 2015 didn't kill me, I think I'm about invincible. Just to set it up for you, uh, the middle of December 2014, I was set in a senior pastor, my wife and I, and this was something that we never really had a desire to do, even though God had told me I was going to do it. We kind of had a little bit of a Jonah moment to where we weren't cooperating with God's plan. We were set in as pastors in December I had never preached until five months before, and it seemed like Sunday was coming every other day. It shows up about every seven days, but let me tell you, whenever you do it every week, it seems like it's every other day at times. Um, Like I said, I had just started teaching about five months prior whenever my dad's health really went down, and, and so we were actually trying to find his successor, and so I was just filling in as I could, and then the Lord really revealed to me, and dealt with us and we realized this is what we were supposed to do. So I didn't really understand how to teach and there was the stress of that. Um, Two months later, actually February 27th, tomorrow would be eight years, my father passes away. They set us in in the middle of December. He saw me a senior pastor one Sunday and then went on a long hospital stay on into hospice and he never was even able to come back to the church after the week after they set us in. So I was dealing with becoming a pastor. I was dealing with the death of a father. I had a grieving mother that didn't quite know what to do. In addition to that, there was just other stressors that were taking place. Um, Some family stuff, like I said, the idea of trying to learn how to teach every week, but also the feeling of trying to hold a church together. Y'all know what I mean. Some of you that were here, and many, many of you obviously were here back then, the founding pastor that started this thing on his front porch, we just buried him. And I was trying to figure out how in the world do I keep this thing going. I was just praying y'all would show up the next week, I've got to be honest with you. So there's the stress of becoming a pastor, trying to hold the church together, have a regular job, a grieving mother. We've got a three-year-old. Lo and behold, my wife gets pregnant in the middle of all this just to make it a little more interesting, right? I felt like I wasn't qualified whatsoever to do this either. In addition to that, uh, my dad had a vision to own a radio station, or the church own a radio station, and God gave us what he said we were supposed to do. We had put the brakes on building the radio station whenever dad was sick, and they give you 36 months to build it. You have to be on the air in 36 months. 
And around February, we had an oak crud moment whenever we realized September is going to be here and we're going to run out of time. So in addition to all the other stuff, I had to learn how to build a radio station with zero radio experience outside of listening to one. In addition to that, there were just multiple things going on. My mother went into uh, a six-month hospital-slash-PT rehab stay, was dealing with serious depression because of dad's loss. It, it was a hard year. Uh, I had signed up in 2014 for a couple of Ironman races, and I had some people tell me, Gene, you probably should just not do those. But in a way, it was kind of therapeutic. Regina and I have talked. My long runs were always Monday morning, so I did a lot of running and crying all at the same time. But whenever you <clears throat> looked at me, I probably looked fine on the outside, but on the inside, I wasn't. Has anybody ever been there before? Like I said, this may be your place where you're at right now. This may be a season that, that you've had in the past. Maybe it was weeks, maybe it was months, maybe you've been there for years. I'm not sure, but, but there's times whenever we go through those times, and I felt like I was 100% just barely making it. As a matter of fact, at one point, I had a bit of a, a moment with Regina, and I said, I'm a complete fraud. I said, I, I'm trying to act like a pastor. I'm trying to act like I know what I'm doing, but on the inside, I feel like a complete fraud. But God. But God got me through it, amen? And I've always realize with him, I can get through anything. Anybody ever been there before? It's good to know that we don't have to walk through these seasons alone. And maybe, like I said, you've been there before. Maybe you've been depressed. Maybe you've been anxious. Maybe you've been super stressed. Maybe you've been worn down. Maybe you've been burnt out. And I want you to know this. If you're here today and if you're a believer and if you're walking through a season like that, y'all, it doesn't mean that you're a bad Christian. I need somebody to hear me today. It means that you're human. Because whether you're a believer or whether you're not, we're going to walk through these times because we are human beings. Amen? And in the coming weeks, y'all, we're going to talk about how we can have peace of mind. How many of y'all need peace of mind in your life? Anybody? <clears throat> we're going to talk about how we can have peace in our mind. And I want you to know this. A lot of churches, a lot of Christians don't like to talk about mental illness. All right? They really don't. And I want to give you a disclaimer that this is not a series on mental illness because I am not a professional and I am definitely not qualified to get into that. But I do want to talk about how we can move forward whenever we don't feel like we're doing really well up here. Okay? That's what we're going to talk about in this series. Now, a lot of believers are going to tell you if you're dealing with stuff up here, if you're depressed, they're going to tell you if you're anxious, that, that all you need is just more Jesus. Some believers will tell you, well, brother, you just need Jesus. He's all you need. Fact, that's correct. If I have nothing else, if I've got Jesus, I'm good to go. Come on now. But I also want you to know that just because we invite Jesus into our hearts, just because we accept him as our Savior does not mean that everything instantly gets okay. Right? I mean, James tells us, you know, consider it joy whenever you have troubles. We're going to have troubles. And I don't know about you, but whenever I got saved, all of a sudden, I didn't slim down real fast. <laughs> Let me go ahead and just tell you, if, if, if all of a sudden you got perfectly healthy, physically and mentally, like church would be better and Jesus would be more popular than Weight Watchers and Atkins, right? If you're bald and if you come to know Jesus and you grow hair, 
I will get unsaved and saved again to be able to have hair. Right? So, so whenever you come to know Jesus, not everything is perfect. There, there's going to be struggles. But here's the good news. Somebody say some good news. But in Jesus, there's healing. Come on now. In Jesus, there's healing. But we may struggle physically and we may struggle up here from time to time. And this is something I want us to get some clarity on real quick because I honestly believe that some churches and some believers have just kind of pushed this to the side. You can be human and you can struggle emotionally and mentally at times. And there's been a lot of churches, there's been a lot of believers that are like, well, you just need more Jesus. You just need to pray more. You just need to have more faith. But here's the thing. If that same believer has got something going on with their heart, they're going to haul tail to a cardiologist. But if, if you're dealing with something up here, no, 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 you don't need to see a doctor. You just need more Jesus. Here's the good news. The blood of Jesus was enough for your physical healing. The blood of Jesus was also enough for your mental healing as well. So we can press in, and because of him, we can have healing physically or mentally. But we don't need to just always, if people are struggling, just say, you know what, no, 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 you don't need to see somebody. You just need more of Jesus. First of all, Jesus can heal and deliver and set people free like that. Come on now. But we've also got to do our part as well, walking in faith, being in right relationship with Jesus, if we want to see it happen. The reason Jesus was able to do the healings on earth as a human being, he was God, but he was a human being. On earth, as a human, just like you and I, sinless. Listen to me. Some people would say Jesus could heal because he was God. Jesus was on earth as a human. It was because he was in right relationship with God that he had the power to heal. And whenever we're in right relationship with God, we will start to see our, our life completely shift. And we will start seeing things come into order in our life. People will say, well, you don't have enough faith. You've got to be walking in faith, walking in obedience, and believe the word of God, lock, stock, and barrel. So you can have freedom physically, mentally. You can have breakthroughs, but walking in right relationship with God is key, somebody. It's key. But whenever we're not physically well, y'all, it's okay for us to get help. As a matter of fact, it's not weakness, it's It's wisdom. How many of y'all sometimes just need to talk to somebody? Anybody ever been there? But whenever we talk about our mental health, we're talking about our emotional well-being, our psychological well-being, and our social well-being. And how we're doing mentally, y'all, it impacts how we think, and that impacts how we feel, and then that impacts how we act as well. It determines how we handle stress. It determines how we relate to people, the choices we make. It determines how we, back, how we bounce back from adversity or even if we can bounce back whenever we walk through adversity as well. And the truth is, is that it doesn't just affect us solely. It affects our families, right? <laughs> it affects our, our workplace. I mean, it, it doesn't just affect us. It affects those around us as well. And so today, y'all, it's going to be very foundational as we kick off this series it's going to be extremely foundational. But there have been some opinions in the Christian community 
about mental health, but there's a couple of things I want to bring out today. And the first one is this, that it's possible for Christians not to be healthy physically, but also mentally. That is completely possible, all right? I know this is very foundational. Once again, some Christians say that, that Christians should never be overwhelmed. They should never be burned out. They should never be stressed. That, that they shouldn't have to deal with past trauma. I've heard some say that. But some will say that you just need more faith. But the truth is, as we said a second ago, you can be saved but still deal with stuff physically, emotionally as well. You can be connected to a church. You can serve in a church. But you can, for instance, if you've dealt with something traumatic in your past, the effects of that can still linger in your life. Come on. It's possible. But the good news is, once again, you can have freedom from it. Come on now. You can have freedom from it. And whenever you look in the Word, y'all, some of the big names, some of the biggest names in the Word, they dealt with some of these same issues, as a matter of fact. I mean, let's just think about Elijah. I mean, this guy was bold. As a matter of fact, at one point, he deals with like hundreds of false prophets of Baal. He calls down fire from heaven. Then he has all those false prophets killed. I mean, like, he was bold. Um, soon after, he's depressed and he writes that he wants to die. Elijah. Whenever you look at David, the word calls him a man after God's own heart. He was the one that sees this giant that's mocking God's people, and he's like, we're not putting up with this. And God just had this courage that rose up in him, and because he was obedient, he completely killed this giant, right? Whenever nobody else would stand up to the challenge, including the king, King Saul, he went out and he took care of business. Yet shortly thereafter, David is writing in Psalms, and he's asking God, have you abandoned me? Hot one minute, not so hot the next. What about Jeremiah, the weeping prophet? Think about this. He declares God's truth, but he battled loneliness and insecurity, and he actually cursed the day that he was born. The prophet Jeremiah. And again, some are just going to tell you you need more Jesus if you're struggling, y'all, but we need to have a little bit of understanding today. He's all-powerful. Do we understand? Do we agree there? He's all-powerful. He can fix anything in our lives. Can we say amen to that? But some truth, we bring 95% of our issues on ourselves. I'm just going to let y'all just go ahead and applaud a little bit more on that one. We bring, because it's the truth, we, we bring 95% of our issues on ourselves. I mean, for instance, you know, uh, are we sleeping as we should? Because in case you didn't know, if you're not sleeping, you're not all clear up here. And by the way, sleeping all day isn't the kind of sleep you need. Right? Like you need a reason to get up every day and you need to be sleeping properly at night. Are you watching things on TV, news and stuff like that, that's getting you stressed out? I mean, are, are you, there's so much conspiracy stuff out there, and I, probably a lot of it's right, and probably a lot of it's bizarre and crazy, but are you completely absorbed in this mess to where the news stays on 24-7 in your house, and it's getting you worked up about what's about to take place? Because, see, that's bringing anxiety and stress on you that you shouldn't have to deal with. Uh, do you need better friends? Are you just like 
surrounded by negative Nancys, people that just bring you down. Rather than iron sharpening iron, you're dulling each other down. Or they're dulling you. I mean, seriously, are you plugged into a life group where you got good people that are building you up? Come on now. I mean, there are things that you can do to improve life. There's things you can get rid of to improve life as well. And sometimes we just need to like step back and have this self-assessment to see what we need to do to maybe affect our mental health in a positive way. Uh, we might need a better diet. Now, I'm not going to cast any stones on that one. Because I ate at Mama Hamill's last night, and it was not healthy. <laughs> so you might need a better diet. You might be dealing with some hormonal changes, right? Um, you, you may need to, to go see a doctor. You might need a little bit of counseling or a little bit of therapy as well. Once again, I'm actually a big fan of counseling. Just as a heads up, I, I don't think it's weakness. I think it's wisdom. That, listen, I went to a lot of pastor friends of mine during 2015, and they just heard Gene talk and cry. I needed to talk to somebody that wasn't my mom because I really couldn't based on what she was walking through. You know, Regina kind of knew how I felt. I needed to just talk to some guys disconnected from this church. Does that make sense? But you may need some of these things. So our first thing that we just talked about, it's, it's possible for Christians to not be healthy mentally. Number two, God is concerned about our mental well-being. He is concerned about our mental well-being. It's as if some people feel like God has bigger problems and, and he can't be bothered whenever we're not doing well up here. Some kind of seem to think that. Whenever you look in Psalms, you'll see how much God cares about all the areas of our life. I mean, think about this. Psalms 21, 27.1 says, The Lord's my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Isn't that beautiful? Psalms 34.18, The Lord... He's close to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed. Chapter 46, verse 1 says, He's our refuge. He's our strength. He's our ever-present help in time of trouble. Then, of course, one of my favorite psalms, the, the 23rd. We're going to show it up here just so we can all just really absorb this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He provides. Our shepherd provides. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. That's a place of rest. That's his desire for you to, to, to live in that place of rest. He, he leads me beside still waters. Peace. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Come on now. I will fear no evil for you're with me. You know, it, it's much easier to walk through hard situations knowing that you're not walking alone. Right? Understand, he's been with you on your best day, and he's still going to be with you on your worst day as well. He's always with you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod, your staff, they comfort me. He doesn't carry rod to beat you with it, to beat the sheep with it. He carries it for the protection. Amen? For your protection. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
Somebody needs to get this just for a second. Whenever you're walking through adversity, the Lord basically prepares this table and he says, here, just, just enjoy my goodness and you just eat right in front of your enemies. That was a lot better than the response I just got from y'all. Just sit in peace and enjoy what I've provided and don't you worry about your enemies. You anoint my head with oil, a refreshing, my cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Come on, somebody just reach your hand up today. Come on. Father, surely, goodness and mercy. Can we say that together? Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Isn't that good? Listen, I want you to know something. He cares about you. He cares about your mental well-being. And Psalms shows us this. And it also shows us, the book of Psalms, that good people struggle as well. If you look at chapter 88 of Psalms, it's written by a guy named Heman, H-E-M-A-N, not to be confused with He-Man and She-Ra, who all of us 80 kids watched growing up. Amen? That was the cartoon, man. But there's this guy named Heman in Psalms 88, and he was known to be a very wise man, a very talented musician. He had a bunch of kids. He was known to be a legit dude. You could do some research about him and actually find out a little bit more about him in other books of the Bible in the Old Testament. But Psalms 88 is actually one of only a couple psalms that kind of ends on a negative note. Most psalms kind of end positively. But Heman, who's a good dude, lives a good life, he writes this one. Starting in verse 3, for my life is full of troubles, and death draws near. I'm as good as dead, like a strong man with no strength left. They have left me among the dead, and I lie with a corpse in a grave. I am forgotten, cut off from your care. He was having a hard day, wasn't he? So he briefly, he briefly turns it around and he's saying the right things. Verse 13, O Lord, I cry out to you. That's good. But then it kind of turns south again. I will keep on pleading day by day, O Lord, why do you reject me? Why do you turn your face from me? And then here's how he ends the last verse of the chapter. Verse 18, you have taken away my companions and loved ones. Darkness is my closest friend. Hard day, wasn't it? He was walking through a dark time. I mean, he was a strong man of God. And, and here's the good news is, is here he tells God how he feels. And I want you to know something today. God wants to hear how you feel as well. It's okay to tell God what you're walking through. It's okay to tell God how you feel. And you can get honest with God. There's been times whenever I've told God, I'm not really enjoying this right now. Y'all don't act spiritual. I know you've done it as well. <laughs> There's been times where I've told the Lord, like, I think you picked the wrong man for this job. I mean, I've just been honest with him. Now, I, wanted, I want you to know this. It's okay to tell him how you feel, but we don't accuse God. We, we never accuse God, amen? Um, Part of maturing as a believer is the ability to understand that he's good. He has been good. He is good. He will always be good. That's the nature of God. 
He wants nothing but goodness to follow you, just like what we read earlier in Psalms, right? And so whenever we walk through hard times, part of knowing his goodness is to never accuse him. We never accuse God, but we always celebrate his goodness. You may say, Gene, uh, it's really hard to celebrate his goodness right now. Whenever you're walking through something hard, I want you to know your next breath is his goodness in your life. Life could be a whole lot worse, couldn't it? And whenever you think that, that you're just as low as you could ever be, there's always someone else out there that's lower than you. But he's always good. But we never, ever accuse him, but we celebrate his goodness. But it's okay to tell him how you feel. And I want you to know, once again, getting some help is not a sign of weakness, y'all. It's a sign of wisdom. And you can talk to the Lord about how you're feeling. And y'all, it's perfectly fine and even recommended to talk to somebody else whenever you're not doing well. Can somebody say amen today? Because there are great Christian, and I want to emphasize Christian counselors out there. Don't go see somebody and pour your heart out to somebody that don't know the Lord. It's a different viewpoint, right? Find you a Christian counselor if you need to talk to somebody. We can even help you with that. But there's something I want you to think about real quick in Matthew 22, verse 37. This is what is called the greatest commandment. Jesus said these words, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. With all your mind. The the Passion Translation, whenever you look at the second half of that verse, it would be like, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with every thought that's within you. With every thought that's within you, that's dwelling in his presence. We know how to love God with all of our heart. We know how to love God with all of our soul. But, but how do we love him with all of our, our mind? And what it is, is it's to di- disconnect our mind from our old and possibly negative ways of thinking so that we can reconnect to him. Okay? Does that make sense? We've got to disconnect from those old ways of thinking, much of which are negative. Anybody guilty of that? And then we've got to reconnect our thoughts just strictly on him. And a lot of times it's very easy for us to have our focus get off of him and to just get on life. It's possible for me on a regular basis to get my focus off of him and on church alive. That sounds strange, but it's wrong for me to focus on the church and not him, right? This is totally my fault whenever I do that. But there's got to be that renewing of the mind that we talk about in Romans 12. It says, don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Somebody say transformed. Transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. And then this is what's going to take place. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Whenever your mind's renewed. So we need to disconnect our minds from the wrong things and connect them to the right one. The right one. Amen? And the word says that if we want peace of mind, here's what we do right here. Isaiah 26.3. I love this. You will keep in perfect peace. Somebody say perfect peace. All who trust in you. Let's look at that perfect peace just for a second. Whenever you look at that in the Hebrew, that's actually shalom, shalom. You've probably heard the word shalom, which means peace. But whenever they say it twice together, it actually means perfect peace. Also, whenever you look in the Hebrew, saying shalom, shalom twice like that also means 
wholeness as well. How many of you want wholeness up here? Amen. You will keep him in perfect peace. All who trust in you, all whose thoughts, some translations say minds, all whose thoughts or minds are fixed on you. Not occasionally will we have peace, but we will have perfect peace all the time. When? Whenever our minds are what? Fixed. Somebody say fixed. Now, by the way, whenever you look at that word fixed in the Hebrew, it's actually a word, it's samak is how you say it, S-A-M-A-C-K. What samak means is to rest all your weight on it. So what it's saying here is, is you don't just think about the Lord, it's to have your thoughts consumed on him. Does that make sense? To put all your thoughts on him. He'll keep you in perfect peace, all of those minds who are fixed on him. It's not minds that are fixed on your bills. It's not whenever our thoughts are fixed on social media. It's not whenever our thoughts are fixed on Fox News or CNN or whichever one you prefer. It's whenever our thoughts are fixed on who? Amen. Whenever they're fixed on him. So if you're dealing with, for instance, some anxiety, if you're dealing with heaviness, if you're depressed, what we need to do is we've got to, to disconnect. Somebody say disconnect. We've got to begin to disconnect our minds from, from those past thoughts, from those things, and begin to fix our eyes on the Lord. Here's the thing. Satan's constantly putting toxic stuff in front of us that's getting our attention off of the Lord and on other things, right? Here's the thing. Satan just doesn't want your thoughts to be focused on the Lord. He wants them to be focused on anybody but the Lord, right? Anything except but the Lord. And so what we've got to do is we've got to take those thoughts off of whatever it is we're watching, whatever it is we've dealt with in the past, and we've just got to take that to the Lord and then let him to begin to renew our mind, and then we're going to see peace starting to come in our lives. Amen? Second Peter 1.3 says this, this is wonderful. It says, His divine power has given us everything we need. Everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him. I want us to think about that just for a minute. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him. I want you to know today if you're struggling, Instead of saying that you can't get through what it is that you're dealing with, instead of thinking that this thing is going to kill you, listen, we've got to recognize that through his power we have everything we need. Amen. Come on now. Through his power we have everything we need. Can you all stand with me today? We're going to put something on the screen here, and this is something I want us to declare together. And I'm going to read it first, and we're going to declare it. It says, God is my source and my strength. I have everything I need to do everything he's called me to do. Come on, can we just say this together? God is my source and my strength. I have everything I need to do what he's called me to do. One more time. 
God is my source and my strength. I have everything I need to do everything he's called me to do. He's given me all I need. Somebody say all. All All I need. He's given you all you need. Everything you need. And we will be in perfect peace. We will walk in perfect peace whenever our minds are stayed on him. Whenever they're stayed on him. And whenever we continually do this and we keep our mind on him, we're going to see that we're going to have that renewed mind. We're going to see peace starting to come. And let me go ahead and just tell you, it's not going to be instantly. Right? It doesn't mean by 4 o'clock this afternoon everything's going to be perfect. But over time, the renewing, it's a process. But as you fix your eyes on him, as you begin to spend time in his presence, spend time in his word, get to know the heart of God, you're going to see that renewing of the mind. Whenever you disconnect those thoughts from the distractions that the enemy has put in front of you, you're going to see that you're thinking more clearly. Come on, somebody. That you're thinking more clearly. We can be kept in perfect peace whenever our mind and our thoughts are on him. John 14, 27 says this. This is a promise of Jesus. It says, I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Here's something you need to get today. The world can't give you peace. Your job can't give you peace. Finances can't give you peace. Finding the right spouse or finding the right girlfriend or the right boyfriend will not give you peace. Only he can give you peace, somebody. But let me tell you something else that you need to understand today. Here's some more good news and the world can't take it away from you. You know, if we were to just rewind about two to three years ago, whenever everybody was losing their mind, this church walked through that with perfect peace. I talked to pastors on a regular basis that said, you know, their church suffered. We actually grew during COVID because we walked in peace. Only the peace that he can give. The peace that the world did not take from us. Come on now. That it didn't take from us. I want you to understand today that that real peace, it's not found in the absence of your problems. It's found in the presence of God. It's found in the presence of God. So whenever you need peace... Let me tell you, he's your source of peace. Getting in his presence, you'll begin to experience peace. Whether it's good news that's going on in your life, if you've got a rough marriage, if your kids aren't doing what they're supposed to do, if they're laying off at your work, you could still have peace because the world can't take it away. Amen? Can't take it away. Thank you again for listening to Church Alive's Teaching of the Week with Pastor Gene Amoson. We invite you to join us for our Sunday morning worship service every Sunday at 10 o'clock or learn more at churchalive.net.